I know it's three in the morning. Three in the morning. I know. That's why they call it a deadline. Okay, I've got to, I've got to sub- submit this. I've got a deadline. I know it's going to take until at least 4 a.m. What do you expect me to do? I know, I know, dogs. You've got, you've got a whole different perspective on things. I appreciate it. That's why I love you. But um, humans are what humans are. So. Here we go. Oh, before oh, thanks for reminding me. Hey, gang! Welcome to another exciting episode of National Bugle Radio on the Republic Broadcasting Network, RBN Republic Broadcasting org. It's the I don't know if I can, I don't know how long I can go on like this of free speech because I don't know how long I can go on like this. But at any rate, I am going on. Uh, RBN is going on. I don't know how long it can go on like this. It is going on. I am going to send in a. Uh, I think I'm going to send in a donation to RBN, and I'm going to send it in a Jesse Jackson '88 <laughs> Jesse Jackson for President '88 envelope, and um, I think that'll be fun. Okay, it'll be a collector's item. Maybe RBN can auction it off sometime. It'll be fun. All right, so. Um, I'll do that, and I will send it to 2251 Double Creek Drive, Suite 302, Round Rock, Texas, 78664. I might phone it into 1-800-724-2719, extension 3. I know operators will be standing by. The thing is, I'm so daggone busy. I, I know the address. I've got the envelope. I had it. Where is it? It's around here somewhere. And um, it'll be fun. It'll be fun for you, too. It'll be fun for the kids. All right. So um, I've done this a couple times before. I, I'm going to do it again because I think it's probably pretty good radio. Um, oh, God. I got so much stuff to do. Anyway, Patrick Slattery, February 21st. Tw- oh, and I got to think of a title for this. Okay, I'll think of the title later. The The title of the column is what the hell is going on here anyway why i don't know but it just is so february 21st well it's already the 20 it's well into the 22nd but it was due on the 21st dear readers dear readers i've got that twice so the proofreading this proofreading this i think is a good it's good radio dear readers nobody has told me to stop writing this column So here goes for another week. Our top story this week, Alexei Navalny dies in prison because everybody is talking about it. It is never a good look when any kind of political dissident dies in prison. Of course, it's also nothing new, nor anything unique to Russia. I probably don't need to spill very much ink convincing my dear readers of the possibility that President Vladimir Putin did not, in fact, order Navalny's assassination in prison. The most compelling reason, and one that I'm sure you're all aware of, is that of qui bono. Is that how you pronounce it? It doesn't matter because this is this is written. I'm... You know, I studied French, so I, I look at it and I, I see qui, not qui. Is, do you spell it Q-U-I or is it spelled C-U-I? Hold on a second. 
Because that's my French influence right there. Nine years of French for what? Okay, I can't even order in a in a restaurant. Okay, I used to be really good, pretty good. Qui bono. Uh, okay, so qui bono pronunciation is it qui bono? I guess it's spelled C U I, not K U I. Or can it be either way? I'm going to switch it to C U I. Okay, I'm glad I glad I did that. Okay, C U I. All right. That of qui bono, who benefits? From Vladimir Putin's perspective, this was not a convenient time for Navalny to die in a Russian prison. President Putin had just reached over 100 million people in America and around the world via the Tucker Carlson interview and had established himself as a human being. His humanity is something that the Western media had been denying for many years. Why then would Putin choose such a time to knock off someone who was posing him no threat, someone who was in prison, someone who had never really been all that popular in the first place? Donald Trump, who served a term as president and was blatantly cheated out of his re-election, has been arrested several times in the past year. He is a dangerous enemy to the current administration and should be looking over his shoulder. The apex of Navalny's political career was coming in second place in the 2013 Moscow mayoral election with 27% of the vote. Not bad, but not exactly a threat to a president who throughout his career polls 70% plus approval ratings. And of course, Moscow. Do we say Moscow or Moscow? I, I think I hear it both ways throughout my life. Moscow, like most capital cities, does not, doesn't not really, it should be does not really, okay, does not really represent the sentiment of the country as a whole. Does anyone remember that when Richard Nixon won 49 states in the 1972 election, George McGovern won Washington, D.C.? There needs to be a question mark there. Because mm-hmm. it's a question. Twelve years later, when... Twelve years later, Walter Mondale won Washington when Reagan won 49 states. More accurate comparisons of Navalny's popularity would be with David Duke or Ron Unz. Ah, there's a reason why I mention them. In 1991, Duke came in second in the Louisiana gubernatorial election with 38% of the vote. I'm using that that one, even though the year before he'd gotten 44% with his his Senate campaign, 44%. um, But... uh, I'm using this one for a reason because it's gubernatorial. Okay. Uh, the gubernatorial election with 38% of the vote, while in 1994, Unts received 34% of the vote in the Republican primary for governor of California. Both Duke and Unts received more actual votes than Navalny did. Both had radical critiques of the ruling establishment, but neither ever had enough popular support 
to pose such a threat to the ruling establishment that they would be assassinated by it. Duke was even imprisoned for 15 months, but it would not have made any sense for George W. Bush to martyr him in prison, just as Putin gained nothing from Navalny's death. Put a period after George W. That is not to say that some people do constitute enough of a threat to the system to be killed in prison. Jeffrey Epstein obviously had compromising material on countless members of the Western political elite. Was he murdered in prison? Well, not many people believe he committed suicide. The story about guards being asleep and cameras accidentally turned off is just too ridiculous. Maybe he was ferried off to Israel in the middle of the night, but one thing was for sure, he could not be allowed to spill the beans on his day in court. Julian Assange has not died in prison. Yet. I don't mean to be macabre. I hope I'm using it the right way. But I cannot be the only person waiting for the other show to drop. No, it's the other shoe to drop. Okay, the other shoe to drop. That's why we read this aloud. And that makes for good radio. If I was reading it silently, it just wouldn't be as good radio. And and it wouldn't be as good it, it wouldn't be as good proofreading. You have to read it aloud. As editor in chief of WikiLeaks, he was revealing crimes and malfeasance that shook the Western elite and played no small part in the election of Donald Trump. When he was dragged out of the Ecuadorian embassy in London four years ago, after having taken refuge there for seven years, he already looked like an old man, despite being still in his 40s. If he gets extradited to the United States, what will be his life expectancy? Okay, so extradited and life expectancy, question mark. That's why we do this. All right. And don't forget Gonzalo Lira, whom I wrote about in my first installment of what the hell is going on here anyway Lyra died in a Ukrainian prison at a time when Ukraine is being effectively run by Deputy Secretary of State Victoria Newland for the crime of pointing out that Newland's crusade to overthrow Vladimir Putin is due to an ethnic grudge against him for betraying the Jewish oligarchs that had put him in power in the first place, as well as revenge for the anti-Semitism she feels her ancestors experienced in the Russian Empire. One last parallel I would like to bring up that I have not heard anyone else mention is the thousand or so January 6th protesters. Ah... Who languish in prison? I should. I got to put that in. Who languish? Who? Who still languish in prison? Okay. This is a very interesting parallel. Navalny was in prison because he was tried and convicted of attempting to overthrow the Russian government. 
He received funding from America's National Endowment for Democracy, which has been involved in color revolutions in Ukraine, Georgia, and a failed one in Belarus, to mention but a few. Meanwhile, of the thousand or so January 6th protesters who are in prison, no more than a couple dozen could plausibly be considered people trying to overthrow the government. The Wikipedia page on January 6th cites... I'm going to say January 6th instead of January 6th. Cites 2,000 people entering the Capitol that day, of whom more than 1,200 have been arrested and charged, adding that many, in quotation marks, many participants were linked to the Oath Keepers and Three Percenters, the two groups that could plausibly be accused of imagining they were trying to overthrow the government. However, the Wikipedia page on the Oath Keepers says that only eight to ten members entered the Capitol that day, while the Wikipedia page on the Three Percenters it was the Oath Keepers first, right? The Oath Keepers. Now the Three Percenters. The Three Percenters lists only six members who have been charged in connection with the incident. The other 98% of the people in prison over the incident were just regular Trump supporters who wandered into the building when police opened up the doors and waved them inside. The Epic Times. By the way, I mean, I don't think Wikipedia is is like an, necessarily an authoritative source, but it is an establishment source. So I'm using, you know, their the establishment thing. The Epic Times isn't... The Epic Times I don't like because the Epic Times is run by um, anti-Chinese uh, government cultists who do very, very strange things to their genitalia, by the way. I don't know if you're aware of that, but the look up Falun Gong. They do some weird things. Okay. The Epic Times has reported on one such inmate who committed suicide while languishing in horrid jail conditions. I give the link to it. I recall hearing of another who died due to medical neglect, but the media doesn't care, and these reports tend to get memory hold. An early list of the hardships faced by January 6th protesters can be found here, and I provide a link. By the way, Nobody who entered the Capitol amongst the demonstrators carried firearms. Now, that's that's like, that's half of this. So that's the first half of the article. Is it milk toast? Is that a word for it? I mean, and what does milk toast even mean? And why isn't it spelled with a K? Why is it spelled with a Q? I don't know. But I do it because it's kind of, this is what in the, you know, in the, journalism reporting newspaper industry you call, call burying the lead this is really what i get to but i'll explain why I put it down here later well because this is this what i'm getting to now isn't as much news but it's something I, I i i need to talk about okay so here we go this is the second part in other news houston we have a problem by the way I mentioned David Duke and Ron Unce a few paragraphs ago. 
David Duke is a good friend, and we often collaborate. Mainly, we bitch and moan about the Jews. It's kind of our brand, and honestly, we are the dynamic duo of bitching and moaning about the Jews. Now, I have to say, for my RBN audience, actually, Jeremy and I are the dynamic duo. I was going to say we, David Duke and I are the dream team of doing it, but David Duke actually says that we're the dynamic. He uses that term dynamic duo when he talks to me. He says, we're the dynamic duo. And I say, yeah, we're the dynamic duo of bitching and moaning about the Jews. Because that's what we do. Okay. Nobody does it better. I'm back to, back to the proofreading. Nobody, nobody does it better. But Ron Unz, who is Jewish himself, comes pretty close. I should say pretty darn close. I'm going to say pretty darn close. Darn He comes pretty darn close. And he published a doozy of an article this past week. Now, I never used the word doozy, but I did here. And then in parentheses, I put, doozy isn't Yiddish, is it? Okay. The article is titled, American Pravda, Gaza, Jewish Power, and the Holocaust. And I give the link to it. And it makes the argument that decades of Jewish media control and activism have subjected the Goyim to clockwork orange-style conditioning to see anti-Semitism as the supreme evil, worse even than genocide. This is very convenient at a time when Israel has killed at least 28,000 Gazans, overwhelmingly women and children, and is starving and otherwise placing at the threshold of death the remaining 2.3 million of that forsaken tract of land. Tract? Tract of land. Okay. Forsaken. For, it says forsaken. Okay, I, okay, I have to look at some of these forsaken. All right. I had forsaken spelled wrong. Threshold. And threshold spelled wrong. I got to make sure I'm paying more attention to that. It doesn't like doozy, whatever. Okay. I'm just going to look up again make sure. Amongst, you know, I say amongst. I'm going to keep it at amongst. I mean, among is fine. Three percenters. It doesn't like percenters. Newland. Nobody likes Newland. Okay, Gonzalo, anti-Semitism. I guess I need to keep be consistent and capitalize Semitism. Why? I don't know. All right, Navalny. Everything else looks like a proper noun. Okay, so let's go back. Let's go back here. Ronance, being Jewish, can come straight out and say these things. I want to make some comments also, but being a Gentile, I must first perform a weird disclaimer ritual. Is weird the right word? How about humiliating? What's a better word? Soñada por mí, mi cantar se vuelve gitano cuando es para ti. Mi cantar hecho de. 
Are you sick of censorship? TLB Talk is the cure. TLB stands for truth, liberty, and balance. We are the newest and most unique social media platform to hit the internet. We were built out of necessity because Big Tech, Big Pharma, and Big Brother are out of control. The only thing bigger than them is when we the people are united. With that vision, TLB Talk was born. Our battlefield is in cyberspace. The battle we're in can be won by clicks of buttons and voting with your wallet. TLB Talk has no hidden agendas, no corporate funding, and we do not sell, trade, or give away any of your information. Our platform runs off of generous donations of members and merchandise profits. So please, check out our site. It's the best around. And be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at TLBTalk.com and join the social media revolution. Do you begin to smell some funky little things going on? Let me share this story with you. It's not so much a story. It's something I wrote years ago. Read your history, people. Stock markets collapse on Friday. Bank seizures, closures, holidays take place after business hours on Friday. Do currencies or governments also collapse on Friday? <laughs> Tomorrow's Friday. Will the end come on this Friday or will the inevitable collapse hold off for a while? The next round of the worst financial crisis in a hundred years is coming, people. And the government is out to make you and I pay for it. And will your savings survive a global banking wipeout? What happens when the U.S. sees hyperinflation? What if taxes soar not only for the rich? Can you survive the stock market tanks? Look, between a stock market wipeout, waves of bank failures, soaring government spending that will lead to hyperinflation and the destruction of the dollar's value, isn't it time that you prepare for the uncertainty which lies ahead? Protect your money now or forever kiss it goodbye. My friends, I offer you over six decades experience of hard asset ownership and knowledge. And I'm prepared to handle the smallest detail in the balanced protection of your portfolio. For as the future of uncertainty continues to blanket this nation of ours, I believe that I can offer you the privacy, safety, security, and possibly some profitability which you deserve. And so I invite you to visit SierraMondrePreciousMetals.com for further information regarding protecting your wealth. Or call me, Jeffrey Bennett, at 602-799-8214. Or by email at KettleMoraineLTD at Cox.net for private consultation. Once again, our phone number is 602-799-8214. It's almost Friday. also but being a gentile i must first perform a weird disclaimer ritual is weird the right word how about humiliating what's a better word humiliating i because I think I use humiliating later on. It's probably a better word. 
humiliating a uh what's a word for like when you don't have dignity a weird humiliating okay i tell you what here let's do something let's let's look let's look at the opposite i'm going to just use the bing or whatever what is the opposite of dignified dignified what's the opposite okay opposite undignified okay (laughs) i had to ask um is there okay well let's look for synonyms synonyms of undignified because I don't think undignified is quite good enough. Synonym undignified. Let's see what we have. Um, unseemly. Foolish. Nah. Unworthy. Unseemly. Crude. Low. Improper. Come on. You can do better than that. Let's go to thesaurus.com. I, I use that sometimes. I use thesaurus.com sometimes when I'm... Uh, uh, helping Engelbert Poindexter with his, and by the way, we we've got to do. Uh, I'm burning the Jews. I, I there is an angle on that because I know like Philbert's work. Philbert's working on the the musical part of it, and I had already written out about half of the lyrics for "I'm Burning the Jews." I'm burning. I'm burning. It's the Blue Oyster Cult song, and so we have the title, and I already wrote half the lyrics. And it's got a very complicated rhyming structure. But I was thinking, rather than it being, like, from a uh, perspective of somebody who doesn't like Jews and wants to burn them, I'm looking at, I'm now thinking, actually, it should be written from the point of view of somebody who appreciates their high fuel content. Because... You know, they're a good fuel source, obviously, if if you're to believe the, the Holocaust narrative. Uh, like, because typically, if you burn a human body, the human body being 70% water, it requires an awful lot of external fuel to raise the body temperature high enough to uh, discharge the water as water vapor. That requires a lot of energy. But somehow, Jews, I don't know if instead of water, they have some sort of volatile chemical in their body, but apparently, according to the Holocaust narrative, they're an excellent fuel source. So that's the angle I want to take. Okay. All right, well, unfortunately... The voice recorder stopped recording. I don't know. I don't think it was a battery issue. I think I've got two voice recorders. One is misplaced. The other is faulty. So I'm using the faulty one. I I continued to blabber on. I I finished correcting my uh, essay and got it sent over to Benjamin. Um, But, but... Um, anyway, anyway, 
I have to finish this so I can, I, I, this is my show for today. So I lost 10 or 12 minutes of content because of that. So I'm, I've already sent this in, but I'm going to, uh, continue reading it to you. I don't know where you would find it, frankly, because, um, I'm not sure if Benjamin's going to still post these. I'll tell you why later, but let's go into let's Ron Unce, being Jewish, can come straight out and say these things. I want to make some comments also, but being a Gentile, I must first perform a self-degrading disclaimer ritual. Is that well? That's what I used. I feel compelled to my my editors require it, and you, my dear readers, expect it. It's not just the Jews. White people have a problem. Okay. Well, this, I mean, it is what it is. White people have problems, too, or white people, yeah, whatever. White people have a problem. They are losing control over practically all the countries that they founded and have lived in. Listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. Standing six foot four, weighing 245 pounds of crime fighting, political science analyzing broad. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Patrick Slattery. So, Mike, get off this anti cicada agenda. I'm a born again traditional Christian. And my favorite possessions are right here on my nightstand. That would be the King James Bible and my 357 revolver. I'd rather be ruled by Chinamen than Jews. Cool it with the anti-Semitic remarks, right? Just because you steal an election and terminate the Republic doesn't mean you terminate the people in the Republic, because we're still here. I'm not taking the vaccine. you, Bill Gates. Was a way forward still on January 6th. What needed to be done is to object to every single state. The COVID 19 virus was the setup. The vaccine could very well be a bioweapon. The Patrick and Jeremy Show, Tuesday at 9 Central and Wednesday at 1 Central. Here's some interesting news. Due to all the recent claims about possible nuclear wars, viruses, solar flares, and civil unrest, people are scrambling to prepare and stockpile food. But the one thing out of reach for many is an underground bunker. Until now. Because you can now have a 3D printed underground bunker in just one day. An excavator digs a hole in your backyard and 3dbunkers.com shows up in a small truck and sets up their 3D printer under a tent completely undetected. They can print as many rooms as you want at a fraction of the cost compared to traditional metal bunkers. 3D Bunkers uses polymer concrete, which is five times stronger than regular cement. YouTube 3DBunkers.com and watch the video. The creators of 3D Bunkers is looking for a business partner that can help bring this technology to the world. And we need to protect our way of life without living in fear. Contact Brad at 3DBunkers.com for more details or visit 3DBunkers.com. 
homeowners? Are you in foreclosure, expecting to be served with a foreclosure lawsuit, or suspect your lender has coerced you into an illegal mortgage transaction? A huge number of mortgages made in the last 10 years have legal issues and are possibly defective. State laws and the U.S. Supreme Court have upheld that defective mortgage documents are grounds for foreclosure defense and for counterclaims in favor of the homeowner. If your mortgage has been sold or assigned since closing the loan, it may be defective and you may be paying the wrong party and the lender may not have standing or the right to foreclose or collect payments under the law. If you would like to know if your mortgage is legal or not or know if you are paying the right party, we can help. Our initial consultations are free of charge. We are not attorneys. We are legal researchers and work closely with experienced lawyers who know how to help you find the evidence to help you keep your home. Email Tom at republicbroadcasting.org. T-O-M at republicbroadcasting.org. in control over practically all the countries that they founded and have lived in for centuries or millennia. They could very well keep control of these countries, but asserting themselves may offend people, and a host above all must be nice to his guests. See Dr. Seuss's Thidwig, The Big-Hearted Moose. Black people have problems. Disproportionately high numbers of them engage in crime, and disproportionately small numbers of them are productive productive in society. I saw some selling drugs at a bus stop just a few hours ago. Orientals have problems too, although I can't think of a good example off the top of my head. Plus, it's not all Jews. So with that disclaimer out of the way, Houston, we have a problem with the Jews. And while it's not all Jews, it's almost all Jews, at least as far as conditioning the goyim, that anti-Semitism is the worst of all crimes. Maybe I have a slight difference with Unz on this point. And, by the way, Unz is, not, Unz is one of the relatively few Jews who is not part of the problem. But Unz talks about a small number of hyper-Jewish berserkers who pounce on anyone who strays out of the lane of philo-Semitism. He gave examples of the presidents of Ivy League universities being forced out of their jobs by Jewish donors and activists for the crime of not shutting down pro-Palestinian demonstrations on their campuses. You could add the financial warfare waged against Kanye West a year or so ago and the humiliation tour that Elon Musk was forced to go on to Israel and Auschwitz. Now, I'm just adding, I, I didn't write this, but isn't there like Rabbi Shmuley Botok or something? Botox? 
Botek. Um, and he was on with Pierce Morgan and and Norman Finkelstein. Pierce Morgan had Botok and Finkelstein on for a debate. And I guess Botok was was is like one of these hyper obviously he's a rabbi, hyper Jewish uh watchdogs and he was just screaming at Norman Finkelstein, you support Hamas um shooting in shooting rifles, shooting bullets into Jewish women's vaginas. Something weird like that, just fixated on that. And Dr. Duke was telling me that, that, that Botox's daughter runs some sort of sex shop in New York City. Very weird character. You could add in the uh, ADL. But anyway, I digressed. All right, so back to the article. But the phylosemitic conditioning works at, a, at more mundane, subtle levels as well. I recall a Ron Paul meeting... I attended in 2012, where a young Jew announced that he dismissed rumors that Paul was anti-Semitic, and in fact insisted that lots of Jews supported Paul. What that did was destroy any chance that the discussion of ending the Federal Reserve, Paul's signature issue, would not include any reference to the overwhelmingly Jewish leadership of the Fed at the time. Moreover, the mere presence of the Jewish trumpeter in my band makes impossible any conversation I might have about Jewish power with the Gentile bass player. Unts, a Jew who openly talks about Jewish power, is enabling me to discuss it with you. On the other hand, Jeffrey Sachs, a Jew who is doing stellar work against the insane U.S. policies towards Ukraine and Gaza, nevertheless does not mention the Jewish role in these policies, and as a consequence prevents his Gentile cohorts from preaching the topic because of our clockwork orange-style conditioning not to make Jews uncomfortable. Anyway, the Unts article is a good read. He cites polling data showing that 98% of... And by the way, this polling data, I guess Unts referenced Max Blumenthal. And Max Blumenthal is another one of, of these guys like Jeffrey Sachs. Well, he's kind of on... He's, I mean, no, he goes more than Jeffrey Sachs. I don't know if he goes... Does he go as far as Unts? I'll have to listen, because uh, Max Blumenthal, he he goes to uh, Israel, and he just reveals all this stuff that the Israelis do, and he's he's a Jew, he, he gets into the room, he, and he's the son of some big deal, Sidney Blumenthal, uh, close advisor to the Clintons, but he but he can get into the room, and then he'll he'll... he'll blow the whistle and say what they were talking about. And so Max Blumenthal was the one who, uh, and I guess he, he must, he must, does he read Hebrew and speak Hebrew? Maybe he does. I don't know. I, uh, I guess you don't, you can probably get around Israel pretty well with just English. And, and Max Blumenthal's got a, uh, show with Aaron Mate, who is a Chomskyite, um, who used to be a co-host of, Democracy Now! with Amy Goodman back in the day, but 
but left it because Amy Goodman is, um, she's not all that. Any, anywho, so let's go back. Anyway, the Unts article is a good read. He cites polling data showing that 98% of Israelis support their government's actions in Gaza, with some thinking it does not go far enough. He also compares Jews to uranium-235 atoms. He was a physics major at Stanford, you know. In that there are... In that if there... Okay. He compares them to uranium-235 atoms in that if they are few and far enough between, they are not a problem, but too many in too high a concentration, like in Israel creates an explosive chain reaction. Then he goes on to debunk much of the Holocaust narrative. By the way, I did I mention that I don't want to lock any Jews into fake shower rooms and turn them into soap and lampshades? Not even the worst... I should add... I've got, I still have some errors in here. I sent it in like that. Not even the worst 2%. Not even Victoria Newland, because all I want to do, gosh, I got I got a lot of stuff in here. Because all I want to do is subject them to the same level of critique that I, as a white man, have been subjected to by them for my entire life. But that would make them uncomfortable, which makes it anti-Semitism, which is worse than genocide. So while I acknowledge that there are heroic Jews who do great work, often insider whistleblowing that no Gentile could perform, the problem goes deeper than the well-known elites, deeper than the countless activists, volunteers, and donors to the myriad of Jewish organizations, and involves and indeed requires the active or passive cooperation of regular, perfectly nice Jewish people that you might know, but who nevertheless have been subjected to brainwashing by the same Jewish-dominated media, as well as by their own community, to be convinced that they are perpetually under immediate threat of irrational hatred, discrimination, pogroms, and even genocide, and therefore must strive to keep a conversation of Jewish power out of the public discourse. Sincerely, Patrick Slattery. So, anyway, alright, now, I guess, okay, so I am uh, 20, 34 minutes into, I got another 12 minutes to go. Hold on just a second. Alright, so Benjamin has been posting this, this was the fifth of these weekly articles, he had been posting them on his site, BenjaminFulford.net, but he writes to me, he says, my webmaster says he wants to create a separate site for you because our readership demographics are different. He says he needs another week. Um, and getting an idea of how many people follow me would help. Well, I don't follow me. I have an audience, but does that is that people who follow me? Um so um webmaster and I say I, that's fine, I think he's right about the demographics. Um 
says, by the way, my webmaster said, if we posted your latest report, we would be banned by Stripe for sure. So he is going to set up a separate site for you and arrange for non-Stripe payments. Okay, so... Um, because eventually this is supposed to be monetized. Um, but, you know, there you go. This is the thing. So, um, and, and I like, I like Benjamin, but he, 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 he talks about the Kazarian mafia and, um, and he has, and, and he believes, I mean, I think he says some stuff that, uh, stretch credulity. Is that a word? But, um, he, he believes it. He believes it. I know. He, he believes it. Anyway, um, so, but, but you can talk about all that stuff and Stripe won't be, I've, I've already, I lost my Stripe in 2019. I guess it was early 2019. It's, it, it took me a year to get it implemented because it's not easy. I mean, you have to implement this code. Is it API code or something? And I didn't know API code. I, like, I, I I can do, you know, Unix shell scripts and Perl and Pascal, Pascal, which was big back in the 80s. Um, so I had to, it was really hard for me to implement it. And then I, I got, like, my first, I got two small no- donations and one nice donation and then, um, and then Stripe just took it away. They just took it away. So, yeah, you can't. And I, like, I, honestly, I don't expect to make anything out of this. I just think, uh, um, I, I've always wanted to have more of a written paper record because it's, because um, you can search it. The thing is, like, I know I've said all this stuff on air. I can, uh, I, you know, some things I say over and over and over again. Like the longer that the Ukraine war goes on, the worse it's going to be for Ukraine. The more they'll lose. Um, and now, you know, you got Medvedev, who's who's now, you know, not just talking about uh, Crimea and the Donbass and. Um, Kherson and Zaporozhia. He's not just talking about uh, Nikolaev and uh, Odessa and Kharkov. Now he's talking about Kiev. He's talking about Kiev as a Russian city. Which, there's a logic to it. Anywho, um, I, you know, I've been saying that but I, where did I write it? So, I that's why I am willing to do this. Although I, I do have to say, giving myself one more thing to do is a pain. Um, one more thing to do. I thought, in terms of process, like I might just start. And I've done this to maybe one or two of my shows. I've uh, from earlier this year. I just got a uh, written an AI-generated transcript of a show, and I posted it on my, what's it called, archive.org. I have an archive.org account, and I, a site page, whatever, and I I post stuff there occasionally. 
and I thought I might do that. Because I want to be able to search for these things. I want to search. And you can, I guess AI can search for words now, but I don't have I don't have that. I mean, if I like if Andrew Anglin wants to find when he said something, he he can do a a search on his website. You know, he's, I'm sure he's got some sort of search engine implemented on his website, and he can. Well, when was I talking about um, Jews as a fuel source? And he can just search for fuel source, or you know, their high, or you know, volatile liquids, or something like that. He can just put in a term, and then he can say, "Oh yeah, that was uh, December 2022. I was talking about that," and he can find it, and and then he can link to it. I can't do that with um, a radio show, and that's that's been a frustration. Um, ultimately, you know, I, I don't. I, the, I think the Daily Show is. Well, it's easier to do. This actually, this is pretty much the easiest thing you can do is do a daily radio show the way I do it. Um, you know, the way, like, for instance, Richard Carey does it with arranging guests and roundtables and whatnot, that at, at least requires you to um, all be available at the same And I'm doing it live. Doing it live in a way is easier um, in terms of you don't have to edit the files and send them in or anything, RBN takes care of that, but it does require you to be at a, at, available at a certain time, right? And if you're going to have guests, you both have to be available at that time. Well, the way I do it, like right now, I'm just, I'm just lying in bed. I, um, uh, I woke up. It was kind of. It was already dawn, and I got to get this done because I have a busy day today. Um, all right, so I'm going to go back to the news. I got about five or six minutes left. I'm going to go back into the news. Alle 640 In Allemagne 231 100 in Francia, in Turchia 91 People often write to tell us what has happened for them since starting Extendivite. Allow me to read one. This product has been a godsend for my father, who suffered from a heart attack about two years ago. He was prescribed medications for his condition, which was so serious, he almost died. But he hasn't been able to afford most of the medications. After researching alternatives that were more affordable, he tried Extendivite. Since taking it, he has consistently lower blood pressure and experiences less angina. We are currently on our fifth bottle. I enthusiastically recommend this product, and I am grateful that it is available. To order, call one 877 928-8822 or visit extendivite.com that's x-t-e-n-d-o-v-i-t-e dot com Extend your life with Extendovite 
Peebo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit drinksupertea.com. The first word is drink, spelled D-R-I-N-K, then the word super, then the word tea. The complete website is drinksupertea.com. Or call us at 818-965-9113, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-965-9113, drinksupertea.com. What would you say if I told you we have a new tool that will increase production and lower maintenance costs for your meat processing company, and it would pay for itself in just six weeks? When pigs fly! The new Ease-Off Model EZ4 replaces old spring-style carcass droppers and is faster, safer, and more reliable. The Ease-Off lowers or lifts 1,000 pounds to or from your rail automatically using our remote control. Sounds expensive! Can I afford it? Can you afford not to try the Ease-Off? It installs fast with just three bolts in place of your current dropper. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue and injuries, speed up your line, eliminate downtime, and increase profit. How can I order my EaseOff? Go to EaseOff.com, E-A-Z-E-O-F-F.com, and hurry, because we are offering $200 off on the new Easy 4 for a limited time. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. EaseOff, LLC. Summersville, Missouri. 417-932-6419. So here's, this is currently the lead article on RT. Day after Hamas plan unveiled by Netanyahu. The Israeli Prime Minister wants the complete demilitarization of Gaza, which he says should be governed by local officials. Okay. Well, I mean, obviously what they really want is to depopulate Gaza, send send all the Gazans to Egypt or... Um, Ireland, or some desert somewhere, or Canada, or wherever. Just get rid of them. That's what they really want. But anyway, uh, they and they, you know, members of Netanyahu's cabinet have said as much out publicly. Netanyahu quite quite can't quite say that. He's lived in America. He he knows at least a certain amount of. I mean, he is kind of autistic, but he knows a certain amount about um, optics. And anyway, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has formally unveiled his plan for Gaza's future after the conflict with Hamas ends, placing a strong emphasis on the de-radicalization of the Palestinian enclave. The one-page document 
titled The Day After Hamas, was submitted to the Israeli government for discussion on Thursday, setting out proposed actions for immediate, medium, and long term. It reiterates Netanyahu's stance that the Israeli Defense Force will continue the war until com- the complete destruction of the material cap- military capabilities and governmental infrastructure of Hamas and until Israeli hostages are returned and a robust security architecture is in place. Well, that means forever, right? That means forever. In the medium term... Okay, in the medium term, the Prime Minister wants Israel to maintain operational freedom of activity in the enclave for security purposes without any time limit. There will be a complete demilitarization in the Gaza Strip of any military capacity beyond what is required for the need of main, needs of maintaining public order. I mean, the thing, and it's not just Netanyahu, the Israelis in general, um, their, their whole thing is that the Palestinians must submit. They must, if, if they want, if the Palestinians are going to ever have anything nice, they have to completely submit and remains submitted long enough for the Israelis to be satisfied. How long is long enough? It's forever. It's forever. The whole thing is just like a, it's, it's just a cruel trick. It's just a, 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 a joke. You know, you have to submit. No, no, you didn't submit long enough. Okay, you submitted, but not long enough. No, that's not long enough. Uh-uh. Oh, somebody over there. Oh, look at that guy. Uh, it wasn't you, but it was somebody else. It wasn't uh, the PA. It was Hamas. It wasn't Hamas. It was Islamic Jihad. Well, it wasn't Islamic Jihad. Maybe it was our own uh, Mossad. Oh, well, too bad. Uh, something happened. And so now uh, we set the clock back to zero, and you've got to uh, um, start counting to infinity again. Too bad. I mean, uh, you know, you, these are the rules, and, and we're God's chosen, so... It's all very tiresome. and uh, But, you know, the gig is up. Or the jig is up. Okay, well, I think that'll do it. So thank you for joining me, and I will be back again next week with more exciting episodes of National Humor Radio. Hello, hello, hello from beautiful Colorado. My name is Samuel Jung Kay, and I am currently the lead Shilajee hunter and master herbalist for Colorado Shilajee Company. In this video series, I will be discussing what we believe is the greatest of all adaptogenic superfoods and the single greatest natural healing remedy gifted to us by Mother Earth. I think you too will become as excited by this incredible substance called Shilajee as we were and are after our discovery of this amazing gift right here in beautiful, colorful Colorado. You may already know Shilaji by other names. Shilajit, Momio, Momi, Mami, Mineral Pitch, Asphaltum, and others. Shilaji literally translates to destroyer of weakness and conqueror of mountains. Shilaji has been in use for thousands of years and is considered as the highest valued cure-all of any earthly substance. Look for the gold mountain and medical symbol logo in banners on republicbroadcasting.org to watch the full video and see more information. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. 
because you can handle the truth.